Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habits of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. Is if you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Paul Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. This is one of my favorite episodes of the year. Longtime friend Joanne Scott, Managing Director of the NCAA Men's Basketball Championships. She'll take us behind the scenes of this year's tournament. Final Four is in Houston. Lots of new things. NIL is in the mix. You're going to see some student-athletes appearing in some of the TV commercials. Uh, Jay Wright and Stan Van Gundy are added to the broadcast. Jim Nance, this is his last uh, March Madness. He'll be replaced by Ian Eagle. But if you are interested in the operations, behind the scenes on Selection Sunday, the broadcast, this is always a great conversation with Joanne Scott. I've known her for, gosh, 25 years, dating back to her days at uh, USA Basketball. She worked at Nike, and I did some consulting for them, so I've known her for a long time. Now she's been at the NCAA for 10 years. So stay tuned for that interview. This episode of Sports Business Radio is presented by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment. One of Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment's priorities is guiding their clients and community of student-athletes, college coaches, and athletic departments, parents, and other stakeholders in college athletics to properly and confidently navigate the complexities of NIL. Much of that guidance is through education. And with that effort, Morgan Stanley GSE has partnered with a digital platform called Spry, S-P-R-Y, to provide financial education to thousands of student-athletes, coaches, and athletic administrators across the country. Spry is an innovative digital platform providing a streamlined, first-of-its-kind, one-stop shop NIL compliance management communications and education solution for athletic departments and their student-athletes. Among other tools, Spry gives student-athletes the ability to track their income from NIL deals, limit and understand the potential risk of any potential NIL activity to protect their NCAA eligibility, and now engage with critical fundamental financial education tools and resources through its collaboration with Morgan Stanley GSE, streamlining an NIL-related activity and processes through an easily accessible and user-friendly digital and mobile application. Spry's founder and CEO, Lyle Adams, was a 2007 NCAA men's soccer national champion at Wake Forest and professional soccer player in the MLS. After his playing career, Lyle transitioned to the tech industry 
was one of the first 100 employees at Uber, designing platforms and tools for data consumers. Lyle also holds a master's in sports management from Columbia University in New York. To learn more about Spry, visit spry.so, that's S-P-R-Y dot S-O, or download their app on your mobile device and join the likes of 100 plus institutions from Penn State, Wake Forest, UPenn, and over 20,000 student athletes nationwide. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? Doing great. And uh, man, it's March Madness time. So I am pumped up. Joanne is awesome. I just, uh, I mean, her plate is so full and she does such a great job with the tournaments. They always look good. They sound good. It's such a fun time of year. So she's a great interview, has so much insight. And uh, man, I, I, I don't think I'd envy her, uh, her workload right now, but uh, she seems to be loving it. She's doing great. I mean, it's crazy. She has to worry about everything from obviously like, you know, the flights and getting everyone you know, to their respective sites, bus drivers, yeah. Um, obviously the basketball court, and then the biggest thing of all, the broadcast. That's how most people consume the NCAA tournament. So she's working with CBS and Turner Sports, and they're having uh, meetings and virtual calls with the broadcasters and making sure they know about things like NIL. And this is Jay Wright's first tournament. So a lot of things on her plate, but if anyone can handle it, it's Joanne Scott, and I think people will enjoy the conversation uh, this week. All right, let's look at some sports business headlines before we get to that conversation. This is a really bad one for the NBA and the Memphis Grizzlies. Ja Morant is away from the Memphis Grizzlies indefinitely after waving a gun in a video on his own Instagram. Ja Morant has a $200 million contract with the Grizzlies. He has endorsement deals with Nike and Gatorade. He seems very troubled. Colorado police are looking into the video. And Griggs, like this is one of the brightest young stars in the NBA. This isn't the 10th guy on a bench. He's in national commercials. um, And he's just an extraordinary talent. So I'm hoping that people can pull him aside and get him on the straight and narrow. What this reminds me of, honestly and we had this person at our sports PR summit event, and he's been on sports business radio. It reminds me of Michael Vick. Yeah. And if there's one person that I would want John Morant to talk to, it's Michael Vick. Michael Vick was in with the wrong crowd and he wound up in prison and lost his contract in the NFL, lost his deal with Nike. And most importantly, he lost his freedom. This is serious stuff when you're talking about guns and gangs and, um, you know, life or death situation. So I hope that people can take John Morant under their wing and help him and put him on the straight path. And hopefully this is a learning experience, but you know, it's not a good look for jaw. It's not a good look for the Grizzlies and it's not a good look for the NBA when this is one of your stars. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's the thing. I mean, he is a star. He is definitely a face of the NBA. He's just an exciting player to watch. I think everybody loves his game because he just brings so much excitement to the crowds and everything in live live basketball. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. He needs some guidance. He needs those those names to step up and guide him through this little patch. You know, I mean, he's 23. He's a young guy. He just needs to get straightened out, figure this out. And I think he can be, you know, he can regain this career and get right back where he, he needs to be. But uh, he needs some guidance and some direction and some clarity and figure out, you know, why he's making those choices that just aren't the smartest right now. I mean, we've talked about this on this show for almost 20 years now. These are young people who come into a tremendous amount of money. 
and they can do whatever they want and they've got hangers on and that is oftentimes a recipe for trouble when you have the hangers on and you have the people saying buy me this and take me here and do this and you know be in this video and buy guns and you know let's be like scarface and in the movies and they all have the scarface pose i mean come on you got to be smarter than that i mean talk to michael vick talk to steph curry talk to damian lillard talk to the guys who've done it the right way and get on the straight and narrow and you know most importantly be safe and don't put yourself in a bad situation so i hope he gets it straightened out Again, he's away from the team indefinitely. When you have Colorado police looking into things, that's never good. But we'll see how this turns out. All right. Our next headline, Derek Carr, formerly of the Las Vegas Raiders, signs a four-year deal with the New Orleans Saints. The deal, four years, $150 million. Some reports have it at $100 million guaranteed money. Griggs, I might be in the minority on this. I think this is a good deal for the Saints. That's not a lot of money for a starting quarterback. I actually think that Carr was in the wrong system with the Raiders. I think he's going to reunite with Dennis Allen, who used to be the coach of the Raiders, is now the coach of the Saints. I think he's got some good weapons around him, like Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. I don't think he's going to have as much pressure on him. And most importantly, Griggs, he's in a really crappy division. Tom Brady is gone. <laughs> The Falcons don't have a quarterback. The Panthers don't have a quarterback. Right now, he's the best quarterback in that division, and it's not close. So you're going to a division where you're probably going to win a few games just because your division stinks. So I think it's a really good move for him. I think it's going to set him up for success, and I think we're going to look at this a year or two from now, save this clip, and people are going to go, this is a pretty good deal for the Saints. They got good value on Derek Carr. For four years and 150 million. Yeah, I think uh, you know l he's a legit athlete. He's obviously knows how to throw the ball. He can uh, he can play the game. And I think you're right with the Raiders. I think he kind of was thrown in that system and didn't have the direction and clarity and just the you know staff around him that helped him get to where he needed to be. He's got talent. He's a good player. He seems like a good guy. I think he's going to be a good leader for the Saints. And you make a good point. He's in a horrible division. He could come out there and go four, five, and zero. Oh. You never know if he's playing those division games. So. Um, it'll be fun to see. I think, uh, you know, he's in a dome. He's in a, a good part of the country. I think he'll, I think he'll be, be well down there. All right. Our next headline, my friend and former NBA player, Brian Grant, his agent is Mark Bartlestein, who represents lots of great NBA and NFL players. Uh, I've known Mark for a long time because I've known Brian since 1998. So what is that? 25 years. Well, guess what, Griggs? The guy that I used to see Mark Bartlestein toting around as a young boy is now the CEO of the Phoenix Suns. 33-year-old <laughs> Josh Bartlestein has been handpicked by new owner Matt Ishbia of the Suns to lead the Suns organization. Josh Bartlestein was previously with the Detroit Pistons. Um, I think this is a good hire, but it's just making me feel really old. <laughs> like I remember he was a young boy. He was like seven or eight years old. And now he's the 33 year old CEO of the Phoenix sun. So congratulations to Josh. I can only imagine how proud his dad, Mark is. And I think this is a good hire. Um, you know, it certainly helps when your first move is the Suns is to go out and trade for Kevin Durant. 
Um, the Suns are playing well. They had a big win over the Mavericks the other day on national TV. Um, so, you know, a good future ahead. If you're 33 years old and you're leading this franchise and you're getting to live in Phoenix instead of Detroit, that's also a good upgrade, Griggs. Yeah, it'll help with the suntan for sure being uh, in Phoenix. But yeah, I agree. I think, look, the Suns are just, uh, I mean, their moves in the front office and on the court have been awesome. I mean, they're getting younger in the front office, which is great because it's exciting. It gets fans around it. You don't have this, you know, old 90-year-old running the show. It's these young kids. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's these young kids running it. And I love that because it just brings excitement. You know, when you get like a new hire and it's a young guy and he's just pumped yeah. up and he's ready to go, new ideas, fresh, fresh eyes. I think it's great. I mean, the Suns, obviously, KD's already, they're 3-0 with him. So they're obviously, it's a good move since he's been back at 3-0. So I think uh, the Suns are on the up and up right now. Tell you what, though. Mikel Bridges is balling for the Nets. That's true. Yeah. I think they might look back in a few years and go, oh, remember we had Mikel Bridges <laughs> on this team. Yeah. Like, wow. All right. The last headline. This is an interesting one. Fox Business Network's Charles Gasparino reports that NBA commissioner Adam Silver is on Disney's shortlist to replace Bob Iger as CEO one day, quote unquote. Griggs, being on a shortlist for something that's going to happen probably years from now, I just, I'm not buying it. Like, look, I've always said this on the show. I don't care if you're a GM, if you're a coach, whoever you are, it's always good to have the replacements and the shortlist, right? So that you're not shocked. Oh my God, our coach left or, oh, the GM left or, you know, this player left and we need another player. Like always have the shortlist. That's great. I just don't see it. I think Adam Silver loves the NBA. I think Adam Silver is going to retire one day as commissioner like David Stern did. And we're going to go Adam Silver was commissioner for 30 years of the NBA. I think Adam Silver still wants to grow the NBA internationally. It's made a lot of uh, strides, but there's still room for growth. I think there's a lot of uh, tech he wants to do, and they are sitting on a new media rights deal that's coming in the future. I know Disney's a huge company, but the NBA is a multi-billion dollar company too. It's not like he's going from small potatoes to you know something enormous. And most importantly, I just don't see the NBA owners letting Adam leave. They're going to say, hey, Adam, here's a blank check. What do you need in order to stay and to be continued to be engaged as, as NBA commissioner? So I saw that story and I kind of raised an eyebrow because I was like, well, what's one day? Is it a year from now? Is it 10 years from now? And then also, who wouldn't have Adam Silver on a short list of like being a CEO? He's a great executive. Of course, you would put him on a short list. But like, has he actually talked to Disney about this position? Is there movement in that direction? I just thought it was kind of a headline grabber. I know we're talking about it here, but I'm just not buying it. Yeah, a little bit of clickbait, I think, too. Um, like you said, he, he's, a, he's a baller. He loves the NBA. You could tell he's passionate about it. He's already made some great moves. People love him. The teams love him. I think the owners love him. Um, I mean, when you're in an industry like that, in the NBA, multi-billion, and you love what you're doing and you're being successful at it, why would you leave? And Disney is kind of all over the place. I mean, they seem like more of a cluster F than anything else. I think the NBA has its problems, but I'd stay in the NBA, especially if you love that. You're obviously going to be just fine financially. And uh, I think he could be, like you said, a David Stern, where he goes 30, 35 years and then, you know, 
long time down the road, we finally get our next commissioner. But I think he, to me, feels like he'd stay in the NBA. I agree. I will be very surprised. Save this clip, too, (laughs) along with the Derek Carr one. I will be very surprised if Adam Silver leaves the NBA. And I think just like David Stern, he's a lifer. And this is his dream job. He waited for years for David to retire. He's in the big seat now. And I just don't see him giving that up, even for a company like Disney. All right. Joanne Scott, managing director of the NCAA Men's Basketball Championships. Griggs, we'll make our predictions next week. But I got to tell you, and I say this to Joanne, I've watched a tournament my whole life. I'm, I'm 54 years old. I can't remember a year where the tournament is more wide open. Like filling out brackets this year yeah. is going to be crazy because <laughs> there's no like, you know, dominant team yep. or even a couple dominant teams. You could see like a 10 seed win the whole thing this year. It, it's going to be wide open. And I think that's going to make it exciting. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that gets these brackets going. So, you know, it makes it so fun because... Like you said, you've got anybody can win it this year, and that makes it so fun. I don't know how you're going to pick brackets. I mean, I'm going to start doing that, too, this next week. But, uh, yeah, uh, picking favorites is going to be tough because there's going to be some 10, 11, 12s that are going to win some games for sure. All right, coming up next, Joanne Scott, Managing Director of the NCAA Men's Basketball Championships. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. There's nothing common about you. Now your talent your drive, your achievements, or even your challenges. You need distinctive financial strategies that match your lifestyle and career trajectory. Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment was created to address your specific needs at every stage of your career and deliver the financial education and strategies you need to help advance your game plan. They speak the language. They know your business. Morgan Stanley will work with you to achieve your goals. I've trusted Morgan Stanley with my personal wealth management for almost 20 years. Visit Morgan Stanley at morganstanley.com backslash GSE. That's morganstanley.com backslash GSE. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is Joanne Scott. She is the managing director of the NCAA Men's Basketball Championships. I'm lucky enough that she joins us annually for this conversation. I've known Joanne for many, many years, dating back to her time at Nike. Uh, Joanne, how are you? I'm good. It's uh, It was a 75-degree day, I think, in Indianapolis today, which wow. is kind of weird for March Madness. So usually we're in here and it's snowing and it's not bad to be burning the midnight oil, but uh, I'm, I'm really good. I'm, it's March and it's my favorite month of the year. Yeah, you're gearing up. I mean, this is such a big production and it's grown so much over the years. So let's start with Selection Sunday. That's coming up this Sunday. That has grown. The ratings have gone up. There's <laughs> such interest in that. But for people who haven't listened to you join me before, Give our audience a little bit of insight as to like how many people are sitting in the room. Where are you doing this? Give us a little flavor for Selection Sunday. Yeah, well, this year we will be here in Indianapolis up in a suburb. It's Carm- It's not Carmel. It's Carmel, Indiana, uh, at one of our Marriott hotels, which is a corporate partner of ours. Uh, we have 12 committee members. That's new. I think we're in year two of 12 committee. We expanded the committee. Uh, from 10 to 12. So the room will be the 12 committee members sitting around a very long, narrow uh, tables with screens all around them. 
uh, about four screens per committee member. Uh, my boss, Dan Gabbett, and the chair is on one end, um, uh, and then myself and our programmer, our computer programmer, and two other staff members that help with statistics. So we'll go into the room this Wednesday about uh, noon, and uh, our initial vote will take place soon after that. Um, and then we just, you know, either seed, select uh, uh, teams throughout the week. Uh, we take breaks because of games going on and, um, you know, uh, a lot of uh, good basketball games to be played this week. And then we usually, uh, it's a late night, Saturday night, and we lose an hour of daylight savings times this year. But then we get up early Sunday and we actually don't even begin to bracket until about sa- Sunday at noon is when we bracket. And then we'll have about six contingent, there's six games, I think, that are conference games on Sunday. So we'll have contingency brackets for all those uh, games on who wins and who loses and, and who doesn't, uh, you know, win their conference tournament because of their seed list, of the seed list that we have. So uh, Sunday tends to be the chaotic day. Uh, but Brian, for those listening, um, this year, one of the things we did was we did a little with Andy Katz. We did some videos on YouTube. Mm. So you can go to YouTube and, and search the NCAA selection videos and you can see how we prepare. There's one on, there are about 10 minute videos how we prepare, how we select, how we seed, and then how we bracket. So it'll give you a really good kind of idea of what goes on in the room. I love that. And I love the transparency, right? Like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, they might be doing this or that. Or, you know, I know people talk about like matchups and regions and former coaches going against their old team and, and things like that. So I love the fact that people will be able to see these videos. Yeah, we did that as a educational kind of uh, approach to it for our own coaches and our own director of operations and associate ADs for basketball. We've always tried to get them into a room and show them with a mock, but she's too hard. So we decided to do these four short videos to just explain it. In general, it's obviously just a very, you know, really short snippet of what happens, but it does give you the general overall um, principles of what we do this week. So I really encourage folks to to Google those videos and uh, take a look. Analytics are being used so much more in sports. How much is analytics used versus like just the eyeball test, right? Yeah, um, we don't use the eyeball test. We use um, various, you know, that's the glory of a 12-member committee mm-hmm. is that everybody has a different approach. Right. Everybody. Um, I, I would say that the NCA evaluation tool is uh, an anal- as a, a metric we use to sort our, our team sheets and to sort quad one, two, three, and four wins. But on our team sheets, we also have BPI, KPI, um, Sagarin. So we we provide several analytics. Uh, and again, that's the glory of a 12-member committee. They all kind of rely on some more than others. As you know, some are predictive analytics and some are results-based. And some people kind of like lead one way and other committee members lean another. And and our, our NCA evaluation tool is that it mixes both. It mixes both the predictive and, and results-based. So um, it's very much a part of the selection process. But again, the, it, it, the human element is very important. All right. The path to the final four. The final four is in Houston this year for the men. Give our audience a concept of how early on are you communicating with Houston and the venue about all of the planning for the final four? And then what's capacity for that huge stadium? So we, we, we started planning with the Houston local organizing committee in September of 2021. 
wow. initial meeting. That's our initial meeting saying, yeah. okay, here's what you need to work on. And then we park that because we're, we're, we work it on New Orleans. So then we start, go, we pick three days a month and we go the same three days. Everybody who needs to meet on the file floor, whether it's broadcast, television, ticketing, everybody goes the same three days, once a month, June through February. And we plan everything through those three days. Mm. So we've been meeting with them consistently since June, once a month, three days. Um, at the end of that three days, we all sit and discuss the decisions we've made. Um, on Selection Sunday, if not a day after, I believe. No, actually, it's a little bit later because they have the Houston Rodeo. I got to remember where I am. So we'll move in a little bit later than normal. But we will build a basketball stadium within a football stadium. Um, and we will, uh, the capacity will be right just around 74,000. Wow. Which is much larger than a Houston's Texans game. Again, we have our own seating system and we build it right on the, you know, we remove the turf and we build it right on top of the, uh, where the turf would be. So wow. we also have to bring in sound and everything because, you know, there's not sound above the football field. You don't want sound when they're playing football. So yeah. it's a big, it's a big setup. It's, it takes a while to set up the, everything from the, the sound to the seating system to uh, decor to everything. Okay. For this year's tournament, is there anything new? Is there anything that people should be paying attention to on that road to the final four in Houston? You know, I think we try and mix it up every, you know, we try and mix it up with some like new branding and decor. I think that's one of the things I love that we do with our final four. And we've stuck with this. And this has been a decision of our committee is that we, we curtail the look for the, city and mm -hmm. we give it a little local flavor yep. um and so i think that is always really cool for the city and then we try and, and do a little bit different decor in the preliminary rounds our courts will be the same um you know well we try i think we try what we try to do now is make special moments for the players and how else can we make you know those who are playing in those first rounds really feel like they were a part of the tournament so elevating the student athlete experience and making sure the decor in the locker rooms and the gifts that we give them our kids, you know, that what they want to wear, it's a gear they want to wear. So I think a lot of it is behind the scenes. Um, but part of, I think what we learned from COVID is people kind of want that, you know, that routine feel of March mm -hmm. and, you know, what they see. So um, probably not too much this year that you'll see differently. Is N next year. Has NIL played any part in, changes or just feel of the of the tournament yeah i would say the biggest thing that comes to mind and the biggest thing is just we're seeing and um apps college student athletes i'd say i've been here now 10 years can mm -hmm. you believe it and um wow what i used to see was a lot of professional athletes what's what it always was was professional athletes in the ads and i think what you'll see this year is a lot of collegiate student athletes in a lot of the ads being used by our corporate partners. So oh, I love that, that. That's what it's affected our this, this championship the most. Yeah. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. 5G is here. Is your stadium ready? From an immersive fan experience to efficient game day operations, 5G is transforming sports and entertainment. If you're ready to jumpstart your 5G transformation, look no further. Then Boingo Wireless. Boingo is one of the largest operators of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They provide stadiums and arenas with state-of-the-art 5G networks and support teams across the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, and NCAA. I'm constantly interacting with sports executives 
And the reason they love working with Boingo is because Boingo manages 5G and Wi-Fi networks end-to-end, offloading very stretched IT teams. Whether your stadium is looking to support mobile ticketing, cashless payment, or connected operations, Boingo has you covered. But don't just take it from me. Their customers include world-class venues like Soldier Field, State Farm Arena, Petco Park, and University of Louisville. Boingo in 5G. Now that's what I call a win-win. For a limited time, Boingo has a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. They're offering a free 5G assessment for your stadium or arena. To get started, simply email sbradio at boingo.com and mention this podcast. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. So let's talk about the broadcast. CBS Turner, I mean, everyone loves this partnership. Um, It's going to run through 2032. Mm -hmm. At the end of that, I think that will be 22 years that CBS and Turner has Mm -hmm. been a partner on the NCAA Mm -hmm. Men's Basketball Championship. This is the last year for Jim Nance, if I'm correct, right? Yes, the one last Final Four he's going to call. That's correct. The last one shining moment. (laughs) For Jim Nance. And then uh, Ian Eagle, who I really like, is replacing Jim Nance. And then also new this year, and I love these additions, Jay Wright, former Villanova coach. And then Stan Van Gundy is also being added too. So, you know, we've seen Stan Van Gundy on a lot of the NBA coverage and, and, you know, he's so knowledgeable as a former coach. I'm really excited to see Jay Wright. If you look at the last, you know, 10, 15 years in this tournament, He's had as much success as anyone. So for him to be able to bring that perspective to the broadcast, I think is going to be great. Yeah, we just went to uh, Atlanta last a week ago yesterday. No, a week ago today. Uh, and had our Turner CBS meetings. And um, we, it's so exciting because it does, you know, you learn all this. Um, you know, a lot of this comes together last minute. Um, I think Jay Wright, has been phenomenal on the regular season games that he's mm-hmm. done. He's just fantastic. Yep. And what I love about March Manis and, you know, just like being on a selection show is he's been there, but he's been there when he's raised the trophy to one shiny moment. And he's been there when he's been knocked out in the first round. Yeah. Um, and so he knows the coaches and what's going through players' minds. And and I just think the coach's perspective that he brings will be a, well, it's just a really good addition. And so, I'm excited for it. I think Stan will bring, like you said, just a different opinion. I think it's good to mix that up every now and then again as well. And he brings his personality and coach his coaching mentality as well. So um, I'm excited for it. And then I love Charles Barkley in the studio, right? I mean, yeah, they play the game for the NBA where you know he's got a guess: uh, is this a player or not? And you bring him into college, and you know he was a great collegiate player at Auburn, but. It's just so much fun because, you know, he gets to talk about the college game as opposed to the to the pro game. But when you go to these meetings, what's that like? How many broadcasters are there? That's got to be a lot of fun. Well, the meeting last Monday was more it was more, um, I'd say, probably production. Tomorrow we will do there will be a press. um, There's actually a press um, kind of video conference at 11 Mm -hmm. with the talent. And I think Jim Nance and Grant and Raftery and Tracy are going to be a part of that. Um, that's virtual now. 
And then tomorrow afternoon, we will do a virtual seminar with all the talent, including Charles and, 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 and Kenny and Clark and um, Seth, everybody in between, everyone, um, all the play-by-play. At, we do a Q&A with Chris Rastatter, our uh, coordinator of officials. And it's their time to just ask the questions. We want them to be educated. We want them to understand rules when their rules play, you know, called the way it is. Um, and then we just give them a little update and speaking points on other things like name, image, likeness, transfer portal, things like that. So that's tomorrow's um, seminar virtually. Yeah. Is there anything new with the production camera angles, anything that we should be looking for within the broadcast? Yeah, there is, but we always film this so early. I can't tell you yet. Uh, um, <laughs> okay, so, it's so there is an exciting you... thing. Okay, so you're teasing it that there's yeah. things to look out for. That's good. So yeah, there are things to look out for. Yeah, in Houston especially, I would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, the app, the app continues mm-hmm. to grow. As man is live. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I love it. Um, you can watch the games from anywhere on any device. Um, you know, I remember back in the day when there was like the boss button at work. Yeah. Press the yeah. boss button and yeah. spread. We still have it. We still have it. <laughs> Stay tuned there. That's a that's a new and improved. We'll look out for that boss button this year. Okay. I like okay. that. But yeah. I just like how the app has grown. What kind of growth have you guys seen year over year? I would imagine it's it's really strong. It is. It is. And actually, um, I think we're at 19 platforms, different platforms this year. Wow. Um and we're actually live right now during college tournament. That's some of the feedback they're doing, um, some storytelling and some montage, montage channels. Um, so for both men and women, by the way. And so um, they're just kind of gearing up to, to to the tournament. But it's I think the incredible thing is you can just read so many statistics. From it. How many starts, how many hours, whether they're on a phone, whether they're on a laptop, you know, where they're, you know, how long they're watching it. Um, all the above. And it's always interesting to find out like the first game when people are trying to, you know, watch and log on and make sure it works and how many people and just, just the, the various games of the um, the ratings and watching how it is. But it's they've done a phenomenal job. You'll see some some things there as well of watching everything and what they're learning and advancing that as well. But yeah, it's it's an incredible asset. And the folks there at um, Warner Brothers Discovery do a phenomenal job with that app and, and our folks here at the NCAA. So that leads into the sponsor question because sponsors love to see all those analytics, right? How many hours, who's watching, what uh-huh. world are they watching, all of that stuff. Your three main sponsors, again, are AT&T, Coca-Cola, Capital One. Uh, uh-huh. I know you have other sponsors as well, but it seems like I see those commercials over and over and mm-hmm. over again. How, besides the TV commercials, are you activating these sponsorships? Yeah, we do a lot of, uh, I think they're all a little bit different in the way they activate, I would say to you, um, which is because they, they have you know different demographics they're focused on. Um, a lot or more, they all do a lot of stuff at retail. But what we see is that preliminary rounds, um, activation on site, a lot of sampling with Coca-Cola as they're exiting, but Really, I would say the thing to you in Houston is that they all three have found a way to work together and they sponsor our music festivals. So Friday, you know, so like, yeah, so Friday night is the AT&T Jam Fest and then Saturday is Coca-Cola and then Sunday is Capital One. 
And so they've all found, and then they all, you know, identify the genre of musician that they want to be um, performing that night. So they've even found ways to work together when they're in the city of the Final Four. And then obviously at, at site uh, within our Fan Fest at the uh, George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, they'll activate as well with our Fan Fest and other things. But those are things that come to mind. And again, you said something new this year because of NIL, like current student yes. athletes might be yeah. incorporated mm-hmm. into some of the Correct. things, whether it's commercials or some of these yeah. appearances or things Correct. like that. I think that's great. Yeah. 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 That's like, again, that's what I think is the differentiator this year. It was very, pretty new last year, but I think this year, um, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of our corporate partners have already signed NIL agreements with student athletes throughout the regular season of college sports and and, and all sports. Yeah, that's great. Um, Okay. The stipend for the families. I know this is something that you guys added, the NCAA added a few years ago. Again, for people who may not understand what that is, how it works, can you explain that to our audience? I think it's great what you guys are doing. Yeah, I think it was 2015 um, where the CFP and the NCAA both came to me, uh, worked with uh, legislation to provide $3,000 in travel expenses to the families of 15 student athletes on each team that had make it to the Final Four. And that's for both men's and women's basketball. And that is to help alleviate travel costs, hotel meals. Um, that is up to the, we give, we, we give the uh, funds to the NCAA. It's up for them from the NCAA to the universities. They distribute it per student athlete to the families. If you, uh, advance to the final four, then you are, um, then the school has advanced another thousand dollars per student athlete. So if your son or daughter playing in the final four, you get Four thousand dollars, and if you play in the semifinals, it's three thousand dollars. We've gotten very good feedback from that, um, and again, that's up to the schools on how they distribute it, how they allot for it, and receipts or no. That's all up to the schools to uh, to manage. But it's been, it was you know applauded in year one, and every year it's amazing how many people are so appreciative for it. Well, you talked earlier about the student athlete experience. Mm-hmm. That's got to be at the top of the list. They want yeah. their parents or their family at their event, the especially the Final Four. Yeah. So doing that allows those families who may not be able to afford to come to be able to come watch them. And, and that's just wonderful. Yeah. And it also, I think, helps them, those student athletes not worry about their parents. Right. And some of, in some cases, like, you know, and having to worry about that. Yeah. Um, all right. I always ask you this question. Your schedule during the tournament, it's crazy. I yeah. got Peter O'Reilly from the NFL on every year. We <laughs> talk Peter, about yeah. He's, He's running around way. every, yeah. But you're like in multiple cities. You know, Peter's doing Pro Bowl. Then he's going to the side of the Super Bowl. You're like a jet setter all over. Because speaking of NIL deals, I want anyone listening to this. I think Joanne needs her own private jet deal. Like, can we get a private <laughs> jet deal for Joanne, an no. NIL deal so you can fly? I mean, you're doing a lot of flying. You actually fly it's in cha- comfort. It's changed a little. It's changed a little, actually. Okay, um, let me hear. I shifted last year. Um, so I will be in the selection room morning, noon, and night from Wednesday till late Sunday after the bracket. So the bracket goes out. We have several media um interviews and then we're you know we're just bursting 68 planes not not quite 68 planes but at least 50 planes if not more and we're working you know pretty late into the night trying to make sure travel goes well 
And then I drive over to Dayton from Indianapolis uh, for the first four, and I'm there. And then I leave there Wednesday before the actual last first four game, and I fly to Atlanta to the Turner Studios. Okay. Um, and then I, just last year, this is the first time I've done this. I'm normally flying to have four different first and second rounds, but I'm now in the control center um, kind of problem solving. Okay. Being the command center of when anything goes wrong. So I'm there with Chris Rastetter, um, our, our, our coordinator officials, and with Turner and CVS and other staff members um, to, to be there to problem solve. Then I come back home enough to wash clothes and leave and stay a day. And then I, then I go to, I'll be in, I'll go New York. I've already got it. New York. And then I'll go Louisville for uh, the Sweet 16. And then I'll go Vegas. We're in Las Vegas for the very first time yep. with an NCAA championship um, for the Elite Eight and end up in uh, Kansas City. Uh, and then I'll fly into Houston and on the Monday after the Elite Eight and I'll be there for a week. Yeah. So it's pretty much the month of March. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest-growing fantasy app in the industry. Your fantasy leagues might be over, but you can still play fantasy sports games on Underdog Fantasy. I love playing Pick'em and Rivals. With Pick'em, you can pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. You can win 20 times your money in a single night. You pick between two and five players to build a pick'em entry. Also, rivals pits two players against each other. That's a lot of fun, too. It could be two players on the same team. It could be two players from other teams. Points, rebounds, fantasy points. It's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying that with NBA games, especially right now. Sign up today with promo code SBR and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with my promo code SBR, like Sports Business Radio, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 plus and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. By the way, so there's games at Madison Square Garden. Am I just silly or has that not happened for a while? I don't think it was the last time it happened this late in the tournament. Um, we Yeah, they hosted the Sweet 16 Elite Eight maybe four to five years ago. Okay. And they were supposed to, they were supposed to host during when we canceled in 2020. Yeah. So that's why it was probably okay. 2018 or before. But yeah, now it hadn't been for a while before then. But yeah, but they have hosted and they're a great host. Yeah. That's going to be an amazing atmosphere yeah. for the teams to get to play there. I mean, yeah. all the venues are great. Yeah. But, you know, that's Madison Square Garden. Yep. So, yeah. all right. So your your schedule isn't as crazy, but you're still going to yeah. be traveling for weeks. Give me an example. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but like you talked about problem solving. You're sitting in the command center. Like, what would a problem be? Is it, you know, something uh-huh. with an official? Is it something with the court? Yeah. Like, what, what would a problem be? Yeah. It can be a lost bus driver. And that's, you know, um, <laughs> that's made wow. me insane today because the team is tweeting about it. <laughs> to um, an airplane that's had to land that we did, I heard about on Twitter. To, um, but the one I think about that's probably more relatable, is, which is as simple as 
um, we had a piece of court, you know, we move all of our courts in and somebody was noticing and pointing. We could see the media were pointing at something on the floor, like maybe it was, there was a lifted edge in the right, you know, right inside of the three point line. Well, you don't want to delay the game, but you don't, you got to worry about player safety. So at a timeout, we were like, we didn't want, I didn't want to send people out there and go, you know, Hey, go check at the floor. So what we did is send a ball kid out with a ball kid supervisor. And they're like sweeping the floor, like there's a spot there and they're trying to determine, you know, is it bad or what is it? And so it wasn't as bad. We got through that game and then between games, we solved it. But then it's solving like, okay, how long is this game going to be delayed? And then Turner and CBS is figuring out what to do with programming Mm -hmm. until then. So it's little things like that um, to just buses. And there's a lot of moving parts, as you know, Uh, every year. So it's just it's just that kind of problem solving. You need like a student intern who's just doing nothing <laughs> other than monitoring social media. Yeah. Because if, if people are tweeting about problems, hey, we got a bus driver missing or we got a boy yeah. on doing this. That's how it. we usually find out a lot because as much as the, our, 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 our primary administrators are really good at reaching out to us, they go wrong. kids tweet. Well, kids tweet. You know, it can be simple things even just, um, you know, j- and you, you really do read a lot on, on Twitter and social media. So um, it's just monitoring all of the above and trying to um, now all of our sites, too, if they're having issues, they call us because they're on right. site and they need to be focused. So they're also sending us issues of, hey, we've got more media than we have you know seats for. How should we solve it? I remember one year we had um, for some reason the venue had double booked some seats. Um, and so we had more more fans than we had seats. So it's oh. trying to work with them and do all that in the nah. you know, in the control center instead of having to have them worry about it on site. How many cell phones are you carrying during this tournament? <laughs> you know, I've gone down to one. I was carrying like I called it the you know the fun phone, the you know friends and family phone, and then work phone. It's just too much. And by the time you know you're you're on you know instant messaging and you're texting and you're emailing oh. and you got a radio and you're like yeah. too much. It's just overload. So I'm down to one. Good for you. Yeah, I am. How many people are on the NCAA staff helping you produce this? I know you have people at the venues and, and yeah. you know, they're hosted yeah. by schools in that area. But on yeah. the NCAA staff, your staff, how many people are on the staff? So we have about 12 full-time men's basketball staff. But Scott Brown um, runs our Division Three championship and Alex Mortolaro runs our NIT championship. But they also help us with the tournament. So 12 full-time men's basketball staff. But I would say um, for Final Four, and if you said to me who's working on basketball, men's basketball, it's between 45 and 50 Okay, as when we get to it. Now, they're also working on ticketing for the College World Series and PR for other groups. And so there's, you know, there's various broadcasts with beach volleyball. So they're working on other championships and they work on our championships during the winter and, uh, and you know, a, a little bit every day. But full-time men's basketball is 12. All right. Just a couple of minutes left. Um, I was at Duke, as I told you before, um, and a few things blew me away. Number one, 12 of the 13 scholarship players have agents now. Can you believe that? They have agents. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, wow, this is really a thing. Yeah. But the other thing that really struck me, I mean, this is obvious, is no more Coach K. You have John Shire. And, you know, I talked to Coach Shire for a little bit. So you don't have the Jay Wright, you don't have the Roy Williams, you don't have the Coach K's. You've got kind of a new breed of coach, oftentimes younger, like Coach Shire. What do you hear from the coaches? Because you have such amazing relationships with the coaches. That's something that's always 
uh, struck me about you, whether it was when you worked at USA Basketball, Nike, now in this job, but it seems like there's a new wave of mm-hmm. younger coaches that have replaced some of the legends, and I'm sure they have their own thoughts on things. What are some of the things that you might hear from them that I'm sure are innovative and, and good ideas from time to time? Well, first of all, let me say, and I steal that from Charles Barkley. If you, I mean, I love he says it all the time. I remember when Dean Smith and Lou Olson and Lou Henson and all them, they all retired. And I'm going, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to college basketball? And there's always this next, like, yep. you know, generation. And so I'm, 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 you know, Roy Williams is retired, Jay, Coach K, but yet, yet we have the Mark Hughes and the next generation of young ball, like John Shire. Um, I think what's different now is the NIL really does probably challenge them coaching like yeah. it hasn't any of their predecessors. And I said at the NCAA, I think people, and then, you know, I've only been here 10 years, but a lot of people say, hey, What's happened since, you know, name, image, likeness and transfer portal, that's more change than it happened at the NCAA in 70 years. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, it pertains to coaches. It's a different world. You have to, you have to have, you know, the ability for players to have agents and like Duke does. So I think it's adapting to it more being than just playing, you know, coaching basketball. Um, So I would say that that's probably uh, one of the things that I hear the most is it's just a different approach. And it's a different balance of what they focus on. Mm. All right. Let's talk about the future sites for the final four. Mm-hmm. I'm always impressed. Like you guys have this like laid out. Like <laughs> again, Peter O'Reilly, I'll talk to him. Here's future <laughs> sites. It's usually three or four years ahead. Yeah. You guys have this laid out to 2030. I'm like, yeah. holy cow, this is, you know, who knows what the world's going to look like in yeah. 2030. But, or this tournament. Yeah. Right. I mean, we've got Houston this year. Then you've got yep. Phoenix, my hometown, mm-hmm. in 2024. 2025 is San Antonio in the Alamo Dome. Yeah. 2026 is Indianapolis and Lucas Oil Stadium. And I know that Indy's in the rotation and it's home of the NCAA. Then in 2027, Detroit, Ford Field, which I kind of yep. like that, you know, you're spreading it around yep. to some cities. As you mentioned earlier, 2028, the first time ever in Las Vegas Almost. at Allegiant Stadium. 2029 back in Indianapolis yeah, and then 2030 AT&T yeah. stadium. Yeah. So those are some big boy stadiums mm-hmm. and some major venues. But I would think in your job that it helps you that you kind of know where this is going over the next several years. So as you're planning, you can say, look, this is what we need to do to plan accordingly. So I think for the, definitely, I think with NFL, you have more stadiums and more places they can play. And certainly with the CFP for men's basketball, we only have a few, you know, dome stadiums again, getting more with Vegas. Um, but we, we, we have 10 to 12 dome stadiums that we can go to, um, more being built again. But so therefore we have to lay that out because that also includes the convention center that we need for our fan fest and our NC and the NABC convention and the hotel room block. So when you put the venue with the hotels and the convention center, and it's limited to 10 to 12 cities, we have to get out because there's so much business in the convention, especially post-COVID, believe it or not, Brian. I mean, like people are booking things so far out because they rolled it forward when they couldn't have it in 2021 or 2022. So that's what we do. But we just announced those. We just announced those last that last fall. So we're 
we're good here for a few years to get far out, but we try to stay that far out. Do explain to our audience, do you select the venue or is there a process where people can come to you and say, hey, we really want to, like I think of a stadium like SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I was there for this. Well, what a beautiful facility. Mm -hmm. If they said one day, you know what? We want to get in the in the mix and be in consideration for hosting the final four do they come to you do you go to them yeah we send out the bid specs and we send them out to anybody who's interested and they could do it obviously it's an outdoor state i mean it's not completely enclosed so you have weather concerns and and you know um you know temperature concerns and you know just condensation on venues that aren't you know enclosed which is why we play it in it's a national championship so Uh, but it, we send out bids pick. So anybody that has, a, you know, a dome stadium can apply. And as long as you align with one of our universities to host, then anyone can submit a bid, the bid process through the bid process. Yeah. I mean, now that you point that out, like it really does kind of limit the venues because it has to be mm-hmm. closed. Yeah. You don't want slippery basketball court no. or no, anything like that. Uh, Julian Scott, managing director, NCAA men's basketball championships. Thank you so much. I, I always look forward to this conversation. Um, just so impressed by you and everything that you do and all the things that you juggle uh, during the month of March. And, um, you know, it's just an event that everyone loves and it seems to get better and better every year. Yeah, my line is embrace the joy of March Mandels because it does bring a lot of joy to a lot of people in March. And you probably have to sleep like the whole month of February <laughs> in preparation for March. <laughs> no, I even February, I don't sleep. It's more like April. So, <laughs> but we try to tell ourselves a couple of things I stole from Tony Bennett after Virginia had gotten beat uh, when they got beat by UNBC um, yeah. or University of Baltimore, America. Um, you beat, yeah, you know what I mean. But anyway, um, he said, be where your feet are, his team, when they came out the next year. And then they won the national championship. Yeah. So, you know, when you're running events, you're always trying to think the week ahead and other things or whatever. So we try and be where our feet are and we try and we do embrace the joy of March Madness every day. Well, I'll tell you this. I've been watching the tournament my entire life. I cannot remember a year where there's more parity. I think this thing is I agree. wide open, wide I open. Agree. And I think it's going to make it a lot of fun to watch. I think so too. I, I do. I think so. I think I think it's going to be fun to see uh, what happens because I'm not sure anybody, uh, you know, knows. Yeah. All right, Joanne, thank you so much for joining us on Sports Business Radio. It's an honor. Good luck. Thank you. When it comes to your health and longevity, you hold nothing back. You understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build strength, speed recovery, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real-time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash SBR. 
That's InsideTracker.com forward slash SBR. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our team at Sports Business Radio, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Ryan Nakajima, and our friends at CG Sports who power Sports Business Radio, CG Young, Matt Amerlin, Nicole Wardle, and Calvin Wirtz. I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions, griggsproductions.com.